Welcome to College Street Victory Church. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. Okay, well, here we go. In this first clip, we have the manager walking up to Elvis, and they're at an amusement park, and Elvis is just standing there looking. The manager comes up behind him and taps him on the shoulder. We have a next scene here where Elvis is a young boy and he sees a revival tent. Now, Elvis, he was he was born in an all-black, a poor yes. all-black community. Yep. And they were drawn to this shack, which yep. was like a makeshift bar. Yes. And the kids ran over to this bar and they're watching everything that's going on in there. But then yeah. they hear the music they in the revival it. tent. Oh, yeah. And he goes running towards it. He runs over there. Now, the bar to me represents the world. Yes. And the revival tent to me represents God. He was drawn. He was so to drawn God. to it. Yes. So this next scene we got here, Elvis is on the stage for the first time. Yeah. And his manager's just watching. Yep. And everybody's looking at him. Even somebody even in the audience says, Hey, Buttercup, get a haircut. Yeah, I know. They're mocking him, right? They're mocking him. And he's wearing a pink suit. That's and right. then he starts to move. I know. He starts to groove. He starts dancing. And it was all inspired <laughs> from his childhood watching yes. with the blacks. Yes, it was. And we got another scene here where the manager and him are on a Ferris wheel. And the manager says to him. Well, he wants to talk. He wants to say to him, he's like, I want you. I want to be your manager. He goes, are you ready to fly? And Elvis, and Elvis says, says, yeah, I'm ready I'm to ready. fly. So I'm ready to fly. They, they come to the agreement that he's going to take him away. So we have some scenes here where they're showing different concert venues and different things. The crowd going crazy over Elvis and his mom yeah. whispering in his ear. What oh, does she say? That's so powerful. She goes, the way you move and sing is God given. There's nothing wrong with that. His mom saw did. the greatness and the destiny that God had planned she for him saw it right all. from the beginning. Yeah. So we have some more scenes here of Elvis on stage, going back to when he was younger, driving truck. He was actually a truck driver before he got famous. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's neat. <laughs> we got some scenes here. We're back to the to revival tent. They're going back and forth. They're showing you the roots, where he came yeah. from and how he became, yes. how God had designed in him from his childhood to be yeah. A worshiper. That's right. Exactly. To be somebody that led people to God through worship and music. Yeah, that's that was his first calling. But um, as he keeps going, you know, that fame and fortune just grew and grew. It did. And uh, I mean, but it gave him the opportunity to buy Graceland. It did. And as he's even in Graceland, um, you know, mom started to see all the things that were coming in, all the furniture, all the, all the stuff. And she's like, you know, you're losing yourself in this, Elvis. Like... This is this stuff. I don't need all she this stuff. It. She saw it. It wasn't the stuff that was important to her. She saw the yeah. destiny that God had planned for him right from the get-go. Yes. But he got caught up in it. Yeah. And in the scenes we're looking at, that's what happened to Elvis. He got caught up of it, and it was his demise. Yeah. So we're going to talk about the story of Elvis today. Yes. And we're going to compare Elvis's story with the story of King Solomon. Yes. Now, both of these men were destined for greatness. Uh, The story of Elvis is one of fame, one of fortune, and of tragedy. And tragedy because God was not in the center of it. And the story of Solomon is a a very similar story. These men were both destined for greatness, just as each one of us here 
are destined for greatness. So have you ever thought or said, there's got to be more to life than this? We all want to be known, and we all want to be remembered for something. We want to believe that in some way, our lives are significant. Deep down, we want to make a difference. Mm -hmm. We search for purpose. We search for meaning in life, grasping to fill a void that is deep within us. So can anyone else relate to any of these things like myself? (laughs) So our first point then is the pursuit of happiness. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So 1 John 2 says, don't love the world's ways. Don't love the world's goods. Love of the world squeezes out love for the Father. Practically, everything that goes on in the world, wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself, wanting to appear important, it has nothing to do with the Father. It just isolates you from Him. The world and all its wanting, wanting, wanting is on the way out, but whoever does what God wants is set for eternity. That's a good word. Yeah. The pursuit of earthly goals and ambitions apart from God will only lead us to dissatisfaction and frustration. Elvis and Solomon had everything the world says we should have, and yet, in the end, they both became empty and broken. So I wanted to do, just uh, just for fun, just a couple interesting facts, a comparison of Elvis and Solomon on their fame and fortune. Elvis, from 1935 to 1977, sold more albums than any other individual music artist in history. Yeah. That's amazing. The Bible says Solomon, King Solomon, the Bible says that the Queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon, and she came to Jerusalem from Ethiopia by camel. Now, that that trip would have taken months on end, and he was famous for his wisdom. Yes. Uh, Now, Elvis' wealth at the time of his death was $5 million, and in today's money, that's $20 million. I mean, I think we could live pretty comfortably on $20 million. Uh, Solomon's wealth, King Solomon's wealth in today's uh, money, is $2.1 trillion is what he was worth. Both of these men had acquired great fame and fortune, and yet it did not satisfy Satisfaction in life can only be found by looking beyond this world. And if you watch carefully in the movie, you will see that Elvis's mom was looking beyond this world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she really was. You know, she she did see Elvis's calling and and the destiny that God had for him. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's masterpiece, and he has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. Elvis grew up in a poor black community, and when he was a young boy, he and his friends were drawn to this music that they had heard coming from a shed. This shed was like a, a makeshift bar, and in there, they were the blacks were grooving, they were dancing, but then suddenly, a short distance away, they heard, they heard the gospel music coming from a yes. revival tent, yeah. and he turned and he ran towards it. God was calling Elvis into his destiny. Elvis had a Holy Spirit encounter in that tent. We fully believe that. You know, from the way the movie talked about, that's just our takeaway of it. You know, he was anointed to be a world influencer. This was God's advanced plan for his life. A call to draw people to God through music and through worship. 
And the Bible says that God prepares us to take the path which he sets. He wants us to have the good life which he prearranged for us. Before he created anything, God had a plan and a purpose for each one of you. We have all been equipped for God with certain gifts and talents and passions to accomplish our purpose. And that purpose is to be a witness for him. We're all called to be a witness for Jesus. But through fame and fortune, Elvis, the worshiper, he got misdirected and derailed into things of this world. Let's watch the second clip. Okay, in this clip, Elvis is driving down the road in his new pink Pink Cadillac. Fame and fortune has come. They're driving up the driveway to Graceland. Oh, it's beautiful. It's an exciting time. Yeah, it really would be. Right? He's famous, he's got a ton of money, and he buys his mom the dream house. Yeah, and he's showing it to him for the first time. Yes. saying, here, come check this out. Now we get some clips of Elvis and the fans screaming at him, but his mom walking into the home for the first time. And he's so excited to show it to her. Yep. And you know, the interesting thing that I found is that she didn't look overly excited. No, she was just like, what? What? All of this? Right? And they're talking about how he, in the papers even, how he was a truck driver to a millionaire. They use the word millionaire. So you can imagine what it would be like to be a millionaire even back in that era, in that time zone. It's a real rags to riches story. It really is. And and then all his buddies are coming. It looks like there's a party going on and everybody's coming in and they're playing football and a guy's cruising around on a... On a, it's a go kart. Oh, thank you. It's a go kart. <laughs> That's what that thing is. Yeah. So they keep showing some clips of the famous part of him and back to the home. Now they're loading the house yep. with all of this all stuff. All the goods. All the marketing. Yeah. They're all looking at all these things. The manager is so excited because what does he see? Ching ching yeah. ching ching. He sees money. He is after the money. It's really starting to come to the manager about how much money he can make. Well, even off a little this. button that says "I love Elvis." Yeah. And then it says, he's got a button that says, I hate Elvis. Yeah. He's even making money. Yep. Both sides. Both sides. Right? <laughs> I love Elvis. I hate Elvis. But look at his mom. Yeah. She is not buying into She's this. not impressed. Not at all. No. Nope. Because she sees how it's derailing him. Yeah. She sees already that this stuff is just empty and he is not pursuing the things. Yeah, that he's that, really called to. Yeah. That he was supposed to be doing, that God had predestined for him. Yeah. His dad's getting caught up in it. Elvis is getting caught up in it. His brother, yeah. but not his mom. Nope. She's not. Wow. I really the like movie, the chickens the movie in there. that as such an exciting time for them. His fame was rising. The yeah. money's coming in. All the stuff. They, he buys Graceland. Yeah. And it's an exciting time. But it wouldn't last. Right. The world's goods are not fulfilling They do not satisfy the soul, and the Bible says they are temporary. King Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes, Anything I wanted, I would take. I denied myself no pleasure. I even found great pleasure in hard work, a reward for all my labors. But as I looked at everything I had worked so hard to accomplish, it was all so meaningless, like chasing the wind. There was nothing really worthwhile Anywhere, Which brings us to our second point. The pursuit of the world will derail you from your destiny. So can anybody... Thank you. Can anybody relate to this? Okay, you're saving up for a new car. 
right? Or you're saving up for that new Harley. Or maybe it's a new big flat screen TV or a new phone. Everybody's fooling on the Harley, right? No, so you're saving, you're, you're getting excited for that. You know, the day's coming and then that day comes. And you get that new car or truck and you grab your honey and away you go. And you go for a bomb around town. Maybe you go to Harrison or back and you come back and you park the car in the carport or the front yard like where we have to park. And it really is just a car. And it's, you know, that excitement is is gone very, very quickly. Or maybe it's that Harley, and you get out there and you're ripping up the streets on the Harley. Well, I don't ride like that. No, that's not true, I do. And, you know, and then you bring the bike home and it's just another bike. Okay, hang on, you know what? Hang on, time up, time up, time up. Bad example. Harley will never be just another bike. <laughs> that's just impossible. Okay, but maybe it's the TV, you look at the big flat screen TV and you get it and you sit down and you, and you watch that movie that you've seen 20 times already or a rerun of MASH or whatever it is that you watch. It's just a flat screen TV, right? Or the phone. I, I think electronics are the worst culprit for that. You know, they just lose their excitement so quickly. So remember what Solomon said in the scripture we just read? When he looked at everything he had worked so hard to accomplish... It was all meaningless, like chasing the wind. There was nothing really worthwhile anywhere. Possessions are temporary. We all know that. Popularity is temporary. And when God is not at the center of things, we are just pursuing personal fulfillment. There is no satisfaction. The Rolling Stones had a song about that. And Elvis's mom knew this. Yeah, she did know this. You know, there's a scene in the movie where Elvis and his mom are in a heated conversation. And she's talking to him about how hard his, the manager is working him. So at one point in the movie, Elvis says to her, the colonel got us all of this. And she sternly replied, I don't want all of this. You're unhappy and you're losing yourself. Ecclesiastes 4 says, A poor child with some wisdom is better off than an old foolish king who doesn't know which end is up. I saw a youth just like this start with nothing and go from rags to riches, and I saw everyone rally to the rule of the young successor to the king. Even so, the excitement died quickly. The throngs of people soon lost interest. Can't you see it's only smoke and spitting into the wind? So nothing can fill this God-shaped void in our life, but God himself. Again, if you pay attention to Elvis's mom in this movie, you'll see that she was not moved by the fame and the fortune. She, she was looking beyond all the things of this world. Elvis's mom said to him, the way you sing and move is God-given. She saw the calling on his life, but she also recognized that he was losing himself in all the fame and glory. The hunger that Elvis had was in the wrong places. The worshiper in Elvis was being misdirected. So just like King Solomon was misdirected in his pursuit of foreign women, the Bible says that his wives turned his heart away from the Lord. King Solomon, uh, I think when I read his story, he was destined to um, build the temple. He was destined to bring prosperity to Israel, but he was also destined to lead his people to be faithful to God. And then he had married 700 wives, the Bible says. 700 wives. That means he had 700 (laughs) mother-in-laws. Oh, what was he thinking? I mean, I don't have any... (laughs) 
I don't have any scriptures to back it up, but maybe that was what derailed him from his destiny. Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, like Solomon, Elvis was turned away from the Lord, and he turned away from his wife and daughter. So let's watch our third clip. Okay, so in this clip, Priscilla is leaving Elvis. This is a very emotional scene. She's yelling at him. I miss you. I want you. And he says, I've given you everything. She's screaming at him. I'm your wife. Like, why can you not stay here with me? And he says, I've given you everything you could ever want. And she says, I don't want this stuff. No, I don't want any I of it. I want you. When was the last time? We had dinner together. When was the last time we made love? When was the last time you played with your daughter? That's right. Our daughter needs you. He's looking very upset, and he's thinking, and he's pondering these things. Now, what I'm seeing here is, is because he is drawn to the fame, he's drawn to the attention, he's struggling with that right now. He knows he should be staying with his family. He knows it, yeah. and yet he knows deep down inside he wants to go back to that stage. He wants to be in front of all those people. He wants those women screaming at him. But it's temporary because he also says to her, he goes, you know what? When we're older, like when she's 40 and he goes, and I'm 50, we're going to be back together. I see that. So he, it's like he's giving his temporary time of, for his passion and his fame. And, but she's going to, he's going to give that up for them and they'll get together again when they're older. This is what he believes. Yeah. And she comes over and gives him a hug and says, let me go. You got to let me go. You got to cut me oh. loose. And he's struggling with that right now. And he knows deep down, I should be staying. Yeah. But I want that stage. Yeah. I want that fame. I want it. I want that more than I want my family. And that's what's tearing him up right now. He's she crying and he's extremely emotional. And walks out the door. And she leaves. Yeah. He's a mess. And he's a mess. <laughs> and that's the end of the scene right there. He's sitting at the bottom of the stairs crying. Well, this scene always gets me. It's, uh, Elvis says to her, I have given you everything you want. And, you know, what did she say back to him? I want you. I want you. Mm -hmm. She wanted him, not the stuff. And Elvis had a choice. And he chose his fame over his family. And when I see this scene, it, it's, it seems like he's very sad because Elvis is leave, or Pris, you know, Priscilla is leaving him, which is... Definitely be a part of it, but I see something even deeper than here in that, and I can relate that to my, uh, a story about myself. I think that he was weeping because he knew he wanted to be on that stage, and it went more than he maybe wanted to be with his family. When, when uh, in 1992, my oldest daughter was two years old at the time, and I was working out of town, and I'd made arrangements for my mom and dad to take her up to our cabin. And uh, so I got to spend some time there with them. And when the day came for me to leave, now back in those days, I was partying pretty hard, and I was a, I was a nightclubber. I was in the nightclubs every, almost every night. And when, she, when it came time for me to give her to my mom and dad, she just was clinging to me. I had to almost rip her off of me. And she was just screaming, Daddy. And oh, I just broke down. I got on that bus and I was looking out the window and it was that what was really getting me the most was knowing that I was choosing to go back to that bar. I wanted to be back in the bar. I wanted to be the, the bar star. 
that and I walked. I left my daughter, and in choice of that. So I, that's what I saw when I when I see that scene. Mark eight thirty six tells us, "For what it will, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul?" I chose the party over my daughter, and I was losing my soul. Elvis chose his fans over his family, and he too was losing his soul. Is there anything that you're pursuing that has taken you away from your family? Your wife or husband, your children, they want you far more than they want the stuff. We're going to watch the fourth clip now. Okay, well, in this final clip, the camera is zooming on into the International Hotel in Las Vegas, and the manager is saying he went to them pills. In the loneliness of off the stage, he went to them pills. Yeah. What did he say? Ordinary love just didn't satisfy. No. That was his manager saying ordinary love, or you could say worldly love, did not satisfy, and he used the drugs to fill in that void. Only God's love will truly satisfy. King Solomon uh, says in Ecclesiastic, he used the word vanity 37 times. I think the Holy Spirit was trying to tell us something. The word vanity means the emptiness and futility of power, popularity, prestige, and pleasure apart from God. Just like with Solomon and Elvis, the pursuit of earthly goals and ambitions apart from God will only lead us to dissatisfaction and frustration. We will be left empty. But with God, we will have purpose and meaning. With God, the Bible says, we will reign in life. Romans 5.17, it should be on the screen, says, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. You and I are all destined to reign through Jesus. You are destined to reign to greatness, which brings us to our third point. The pursuit of God will set you up for greatness. Yeah, Matthew 6, says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things shall be added to you. Life is more than just passing through to get to a better place, even though that will be the end result. Heaven is going to be so amazing. Yes, it is. But we have to believe that life here is so much more. We need to arrive at a place in our lives where we are convinced that we are created on purpose for a purpose. And our takeaway is... When you live up to your greatness, the whole world is made better. So we're going to... So we would like you to give your attention to the stage, please. We have a special presentation for you.
Thank you very much, friends. A quick little message about Elvis. We know the story. No man on earth could ever handle that kind of pressure. It's a secular world we live in. Elvis was a humble young man raised in a Christian home. That kind of pressure for anybody, nobody could handle it. But he never forsook his faith. Elvis's gospel records sell more than any other artist after 46 years of being gone. That's incredible. He left a legacy of music, and you can feel the passion and conviction in his gospel records. I invite you to ever just pick up one of his CDs and listen to that, and you can feel the Lord in his voice. I had a great time today. My name is Steve Elliott. Thank you so, so much. God bless each and every one of you. We'll see you later. Bye now. Wow. Oh, wow. That was awesome. That was wonderful. So I just want to give a little brief testimony. When I was 46 years old, I had three beautiful children. I had a career. I was making good money. Had a house, owned my own home. Had a cool Harley. Yet I was in deep depression. I was in high anxiety. My life was empty and had no purpose. It had no meaning. Many times, I did not even want to live anymore. I thought, there has to be more to life than this. And it was at that time that God started placing Christians in my life, and the voice of God started getting loud. The Bible says, Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And on May 1st of 2011, I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And my life has never been the same since. Is that you today? Are you worried? Are you burdened? Has your pursuit for worldly treasures left you broken and empty? The Bible says in Ecclesiastes, God has put eternity into our hearts. A divinely imparted sense of purpose only God can satisfy. Surrender your heart to God. Choose to invest in the things that are eternal. Choose to surrender your ways over to Christ and allow Jesus to lead and direct your path. The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Would everybody stand with us, please? Thank you. I'm going to provide you an opportunity now. If you haven't made Jesus your Lord and Savior, I want to provide you with that opportunity right now. Or maybe you've wandered in your pursuit of happiness and worldly treasures. So with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, just repeat this prayer after me and say it loud enough that you can hear it with your own ears. Okay? So, dear God in heaven, dear God in heaven I, come to you in the name of Jesus. I come to you in the name of Jesus. I admit that I have sinned. I, admit that I, have sinned. I ask you to forgive me and cleanse me. I believe with all my heart that Jesus has been raised from the dead. Jesus, come into my heart and take over my life. I give myself to you. 
And I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Fill me to overflowing with your Holy Spirit. I give you my life. And I receive your life. I am now a believer. And I am a child of God. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's just stay in this moment. Let's keep our, our heads bowed and our eyes closed. If you felt like through the scriptures today or through anything that me and Cam has said that you heard a message that was just for you, could we get a raise of hands? Get that hands all over. That is a confirmation that God is speaking. And if it was your first time, if you just received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, can I get a, a raise of hands if that's you in the house today? Thank you. Maybe, maybe you've wandered away and you've just said that prayer with your whole heart and you've come back to Jesus. If that's you, could I get your hands in the air? Thank you. There is a celebration going on in heaven right now yeah, right. and we celebrate with you right. welcome to the family right. well in this house we also give an opportunity for baptism every service believing that it's our first step in our discipleship walk so we invite Jesus into our life and then we are baptized the lids are raised <laughs> Jesus came to earth and he died on the cross for our sins. So baptism symbolizes our sin is dead and we are now raised to life in Christ. Baptism is an outward declaration of an inward change. Jesus was baptized and he's our example. Sin is no authority over you anymore. You are alive in Christ. So don't wait another day. Be obedient. Come on down. The Bible says, what are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized. Have your sins washed away by the calling on the name of the Lord. We've got the towels. We've got the change of clothes. Come on down. Rick and I would be honored to baptize you. So let's enjoy another song of worship. Thank you for tuning in today. And thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.